listened to Matthew McConaughey's green light book? Question mark. <laughs> Who has tuned in? Because first off, I can't keep going until I turn my microphone on. Here we are. Here we are. We are moving and grooving. We had some tech issues last week and we're still having some tech issues today. Now on a totally different platform with a totally different phone. Come on, give me that Jesus juice. Ah, there it is. Good morning. All right, I'm seeing everybody roll on. I was asking if you guys have listened to, you can't just read, you have to listen to the Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights. All right, I'm gonna see if my Wi-Fi is the issue here. Good morning, good morning. We're gonna talk about leadership today, what that means through the lens of the Lord from a Moses and Joshua conversation. I am frozen on Instagram, yay. I love that it says that I'm live and I'm completely frozen. Hmm, I always wonder, do you guys ever like have, you're looking for signs all the time. You're like, Lord, are you speaking to me? Is this from you? I see some people on here that I know and love and they're like, every time I see a butterfly, it has representation. Every time I see a rainbow, it has representation. I think of the opposite as well. Every time I have tech issues, I'm like, God, is this of you? <laughs> is this from you? Are you trying to tell me something? That's honestly how I felt last week. And so I had this like transcendent piece that like, nope, put it down. So tune in, tune in to your discernment associated to said signs and uh, don't give things credit that aren't meant to be giving credit to, um, but more so crediting the Lord and all the things that we do. So it's Tuesday. Like getting this week going, feel good about it. Standing in that resurrection power today, just like any other day. I am going to talk about leadership. Don't you find that the people that you tune into, they speak to the things that they're walking through? Well, if you don't, they are. It's no surprise, unless of course it's a biblical study and they're in rhythm with something, but this morning from my Bible in a year, which I know some of you guys have since purchased. So I wish I, I, there's no royalties, no affiliate, <laughs> no, nothing like that. Just, it's an awesome Bible and I really love it. And specifically, this one's for women, but they have the exact same version made for men as well. So highly recommend you getting one of these. Um, I just finished Jonathan Kahn's book, Harbinger 2 as well, which was, wild, mind-blowing, everything that's connected to 9-11 and prophecies from Israel that are re-being, existing here, they're <laughs> coming to realization again here on this city on a hill in America. If you're unaware of that stuff or whatever I'm talking about and you want to be tuned in to what supernaturally is happening from a heaven's perspective, Get that book, Harbinger 2, okay? He has a one, but you don't need to read the one in order to understand the two. The two is most relevant as of, since COVID, 2021, it came out. So why do I tell you these two things? One, 
it's the awareness factor. If we are not living woke, if we are allowing society to dictate what we see, just like the signs that I just mentioned, versus our own intuition, our own wherewithal, we are forgetting the opportunity that we are Joshua's. You, not just me. So sometimes people are like, oh, I'm gonna talk about leadership and they immediately check out. Or, oh, I'm gonna talk about entrepreneurship and they immediately check out because they feel like, oh, I don't own a business so it's not gonna relate to me or I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. (laughs) You're a dynamic leader in every part of your life, family, friend groups, your work-life balance, everything. I hate that word balance. Y'all know that about me, but your work and your life, you're a leader, your communities, your churches. You have to pay attention to that. So I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to teach you the rhythm that Joshua took as the baton was passed from Moses to the next generation of Joshua and how he actually was the one who took the vision and led the Israelites into the promised land. First off, that's a word for a lot of people, right? You might think that you've been carrying this thing for so long and you've been praying into it and you're like, why isn't this working? Why can't I do it? Can I shake you this morning and help you realize that you are only a couple feet on this eternal footpath, right? This is eternity. And the path in which you've been walking, you might never see fully realized in the visions and the dreams that God has given you. That can be hard for people. That can actually discourage them from doing the thing that God made because they're like, why am I going to do it if I can never get there? Would you do it for your children? Would you do it for your children's children? And if you don't have kids and you're like, I can't relate, would you do it for your best friend's kids? Would you do it so that there would be freedom on the other side so that people don't have to walk through what it is that you walk through? It's hard. That's what leadership really is, is to knowing that if you're the leader of a ship, you have to have lenses that far exceed where everybody else is. That's the visionary side of our role. But you also have to be willing to face things head on when no one else is willing to do it. This is where being strong and courageous, says the Lord in Joshua 1, over and over again. We have to be strong and courageous as leaders. And we're living in an era where the leaders that we're seeing aren't actually the ones up to bat. Who is that speaking to? Who does that confuse? Think about it. Some of the people that we give titles to are not actually the ones who are in there going before said leader. Now, there are precautionary reasons for that to happen, and we're going to see it in Joshua. So it's this, this is more of a study than it is um, a dynamic Uh, revelation that's happening. It's a study. It's this knowing that this is true. And I'm going to give you step by step what happened. But I need you to understand. He had to ready himself. He had to be able to link arms and understand the vision. So it was critical that there was conversation between the leader and the mentor, the mentor and the mentee. There was clarity. They knew where they were going. There was intention there was conversation. So as a leader, you can't be the only one out front and just be like, come on, follow me. They need to know where they're going. You have to be able to cast vision as a leader. And that's what Moses did before he left. He passed the mantle. 
And then, regardless of what Moses did or didn't say to Joshua, God made it clear. And this is the part where, from a leadership perspective, I don't think we lean in to how detail-oriented God is on every single thing that we do. From the time that you wake up before your alarm to the time that you're doing the thing on your calendar that you do every single day, to the in-betweens and the outsides, God is in the mist. And when we walk blind, of course it's going to feel like happenstance. It's, of course we're not even going to notice said sign, said wonder, said solution. Because we're going to be so focused on the very next thing just to check a mark, just, just to check a box with a check mark, right? So first off, we have to ready ourselves. Strong and courageous. We can't do anything at all anymore without courage. It takes courage to go live. It takes courage to get on a bike. It takes courage to open the Bible. It takes courage to walk out your front door. It takes courage to drive down the street. It takes courage to send your kids to school. It takes courage in everything that we do. And so this is a muscle that we're sharpening. The muscle of courageousness is connected to strength. It's not, he didn't just say be strong. No, he said be strong and courageous. They go hand in hand. So from a mentality perspective, we have to be working on that. Physicality perspective, we have to be working on that. Emotionally, whew, I got rocked last week. I got hit upside the head by a bat, unexpectedly, from someone I love. And it wrecked me. It wrecked me for about five hours. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. I was like, the whole day was messed up. The rest of the afternoon, it sucked me drive all my energy. And I realized the very next morning when I had peace from this right here, the word, the living word, took that situation, stepped on top of it, gave me peace, corrected me in the process because we all need correction. I didn't handle it perfectly either. But it sharpened me to be the leader because I was the leader in the situation. And so are you. It might feel like somebody else is in control, but that doesn't mean they're the leader. Let's talk about that. Control and leader are not the same. All right, are you ready? You want to know how Joshua did this thing? His leadership conversation, an example, be strong and courageous. He was past the mantle. He was tapped as such. There's this awesome uh, gal, her name is Danelle Delgado. She talks about being tapped as the asset. You're being tapped as the asset. If you're listening to this right now, I'm tapping you. You are the asset. You are the leader. And until you start carrying that mantle strongly and proudly, boldly and courageously, no one's going to follow you. And I don't mean that from a social media follow me perspective. I mean that you're a movement maker. You're an atmosphere changer. You're a kingdom citizen. Your royalty far outseeds every title that you carry. You have a robe of many colors that's sitting in your closet and you're not putting it on. You're not putting it on because you think your brothers are going to throw you in the pit again. If your story is like mine, you might feel like that. But you're forgetting the return of the prodigal gives that person, gives that papa and that person a communion, a covenant that's reestablished because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that nothing else matters. 
the he said, she said. Forget that. All right, here's what you got to know. So I'm in Joshua uh, 2, Joshua 3 at this point. I talked about Joshua 1 and being strong and courageous, being past the mantle from Moses and making sure. Also, you're going to talk about this as well. When you're given vision, there might be some things you have to do in secret in order to confirm said vision. Not to confirm God, because God is always right, always truthful, always on target, right? It's not questioning God. It's questioning circumstances. Remember, we are here on earth, and therefore there's flesh associated to said circumstances. And even when the supernatural is going to come to fruition, and we know that we know that we know, we still have to take precaution. So when Joshua sent those two spies, he did it secretly. Why do you think he did that? I think about my own leadership. I don't tell my team every single thing before it happens. I do this intentionally. One, it would scare them because I'm a little nutty. I, I make big, bold steps, right? We've talked about stride and stamina here before. No, no wonder we're on a Peloton, right? But we talk about that because it's got to be a declarative step. When Joshua came back with the information that he needed connected to the spies, the spies went in, did the recon work. This is where Rahab got involved. The prostitute that they ended up saving, that ended up being a line and lineage of David, right? Like literally Jesus was connected to this spy mission. That's crazy. I never even realized that. I didn't even think about it, I guess, right? You have to do what the Lord is telling you. So he had enough strength, enough courage, enough discernment to say, let me send these spies in secret so I don't rally up the entire team. I don't rally up all the Israelites who are already in the wilderness, very much anticipating something to happen. And they just lost their other leader, Moses. Do some things privately to secure what God is going to do publicly. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? He had to toil in his own prayer closet over that scenario. Probably when I look at the time frame, maybe like a week or two that those spies had to go out. Just two of them. No one else knew about it except for Joshua and God. And he had to wait, anticipate, anticipate. And they ran into some friction. So they had to hide. They were probably a week past target. Are you ever past target? Or are you like, God, that was supposed to happen by now. And I feel like I'm still sitting in this place of waiting. You know, we're not good at waiting. Nope. Microwave society, green light go. We get to make all these decisions all the time to make our dreams, make his dream, shall I say, come to fruition faster. But a part of becoming a leader isn't the fact that you're going to one day be on top. It's in the mist. It's in the process. It's in the character development that your calling is actually comes to fruition. He cannot pick you up and pluck you and put you over here because you wouldn't be able to sustain it. You wouldn't be equipped to lead the front, the mission, the movement. You don't have a lot of friends in my community who are speakers or want to speak even more than what they already do. And I'm like, have you gone live today? Have you started your podcast yet? You want to speak? 
You want to teach? Have you, have you ran a summit? Do you have a live show? Are you connecting with other speakers? Are you willing to invest to get in front of the stage, not to be on the stage, but to sit center stage taking notes, cheering on the conference leaders, cheering on the other speakers? That's recon work, y'all. Are you going in as a spy, not telling everybody every single part of your dream so that you can know that you know that you know so you can encourage yourself to say, I can do that. I'm gonna take this idea. I'm gonna use this strategy. I'm gonna learn from that leader. No, so most of the times we're so self-focused that we're not even thinking about the other things going on. We're not willing to send the spies in. We're not willing to be the spy over said dream or vision. Man, I wasn't even planning on talking about that. Come on. All right, so now we're in Joshua 3. I had to back up and make sure we got that. Because the mantle was passed to Joshua. Joshua knew this, not only from Moses, but from God. And God told him that he was going to go. And so before he went, he sent the spies secretly, sent out the spies. Again, character development. He had to be strong and courageous. And this is what he told him in Joshua 3. God told him the day that they were going to cross the Jordan to go to the promised land. God told Joshua this. He said, I will make you a great leader today. Today, I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. This is Joshua 3, 7. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Then he goes on to tell them what to do. And what I loved so much about this part was Joshua didn't take that message to his team. Joshua didn't take that message to the stage. Joshua didn't go up and talk about what God's going to do with me, what God is going to use me for. And guilty, we do this. We do this often. And we try to bring people into a mission or a vision based on what God's going to do with you. And I applaud you. That's amazing. Likewise for myself, I'm like, Woo, that's awesome vision. I love that he's going to do that for you. Can't wait to that, for that to come to fruition. But I've told you this before. We live in a me-centered society. And in order to make any movement exist, they've got to know what's in it for me. Are you actually talking about their own limiting beliefs towards said movement? Because I know that if I was to go to my team and be like, all right, the Lord told me, that I'm going to be on this stage. The Lord told me that he's going to bring all of this to fruition for my family. And I told my teammates that who I pay to be there or the ones who volunteer even, or even if I just went to my community and talked about this, how do you think that's going to make them feel? They're going to start questioning. Can I hear from God? Why is that happening for her? It's not happening for me. Gosh, maybe, maybe I need to jump ship and I need to work on my own movement, my own mission, my own business so I can get, so I can hear from the Lord, so I can get where she's going, so I can have the same fruit on my life. Mm-mm, you're missing it. You're missing it. Literally, God said, I'm going to make you a leader 
so that you can take everyone, all of the Israelites, hundreds of thousands of people to the promised land. But this is what Joshua does. I love this so much. He, go, he goes to the Israelites after just hearing this from God. And he says, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. He doesn't say, listen to me. He doesn't say that. He says, listen to what the Lord your God says. He says, today you will know that the living God is among you. This is what's in it for the people. They have limiting beliefs. They have questions. How come he can hear from God and I can't? This is pure representation of the fact that Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. Now, mind you, the Holy Spirit has not descended on these people yet. This is Old Testament, but I'm talking to you. (laughs) They can hear from God too. You might be a prophet. You might be a visionary. You might be an evangelist. You might be a teacher. You might be a rabbi. You might be an apostle. You might be all those things. But isn't it better that you encourage them to hear from the Lord and so that this can be a rally and on the time that you need support, you've got another leader in charge to take over, to tap out, right? There's going to be different seasons and different ears and different eyes to see just as there was Moses and Joshua. So he tells them this. He said, he will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perzites, the Gigashites, the Amorites, and Jebusites ahead of you. So he's speaking to their limiting belief. He's speaking to their problem. He says, I know you're worried. I know you think in your limited capacity that when we pass the Jordan, we're going to run into all of these enemies. But God is going to drive them out. Right? You're going to see God. He's going to be with you. He's going to drive them out. So don't you worry. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. He does not say, I'm going to lead you. He does not say, follow me. We've done a follow, unfollow campaign on here. Don't follow me. I don't want you to follow me. Follow anyone that follows Jesus. But follow him. Because we can do this together. We can rise together. We can be strong and courageous together. This is what the body of Christ is intended to do. Now, will there be someone up front that might take charge? Yeah, sure. I'm on a Peloton. (laughs) And you're here listening, which I love you so much. Thank you. But it's this knowing that like, you can do this too. I'm gonna lean to you for your wisdom, for where you're going, I'm gonna celebrate you. But what it's about is God, not Joshua, not Tamara, not Stephanie, not Haley, not Kelly. All right? So he goes on, he, he pokes the holes. This is what sales tactics associated to building a business or inviting people in. You're poking holes at all the things that they are falsely believing and you're telling what is true. And it's not about you, it's about them. The next thing that he does after doing that is he has Lord leading, the Lord leading. The Ark of the Covenant goes before him. And this is where I think sometimes when we get a a baton, a baton, baton, I'm going to say baton, a baton passed to us. This is what happens in a relay race. Okay, so I was a runner, very short period of time. I just wanted to do a sport with my big sister when I was a freshman in high school and I hated running. I still don't like running. That's why I'm on a bike. And uh, she was a runner, a relay racer and a long distance runner and 
I was like, okay, I'm gonna run. I can do sprints. I was a gymnast. I was like, as far as we went was to the vault. So I was like, I, I can manage this 200. Two by eight or four by eight is what I ran, the four by eight. And so when the baton is passed to you, you've got fresh energy and you just wanna dart, you just wanna go. You're like, God, I see it, let's go, right? I'm gonna have this, I'm gonna have a victory. You know that song? Oh, it's so good, I'm not gonna sing it out right now. But you go, but then what happens, you go out the gate so quickly that you forget to pace yourself and you burn out. So it looks like you're winning at the beginning. It sure do. You're beating all your competitors. You're getting there faster. But what did I tell you? Part of the race is the character, is the process, is the waiting, is the pacing, we should say, so that you may endure. This is where resilience comes into play. I talked about stride, this is where stamina comes into play. The reason I can do this for so long is because I practice and I prepare and I'm not out the gate like, let's go, right? Like my legs are jello right now, but I'm still going. So when you take the baton, when the Lord hands it to you, when he shows you the vision, when he gives you the dream, there's a process. And ultimately the most important thing is that he goes before you. I tell the Lord and ask the Lord all the time, God, proceed me into that room. Proceed me into that conversation. Proceed me onto that stage. Go before me, Lord. Because if I get in front of myself, I'm going to fall flat on my face. And I've done it plenty of times. Because it wasn't what the Lord wanted for me. It was me wanting for me. And it didn't work out because it wasn't in his will. It's not always in his will. Remember I asked you these three questions that you always have to ask yourself. Is it good? Is it safe? And is it for God? A lot of times we can be like, yeah, it's safe. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. But God's not in the midst of it. You can't do that. Or you're like, oh my gosh, this is all God. And it's not safe. And it's not good. And it's like pulling teeth without lidocaine. Ooh, that's where my dentist friend's out there. <laughs> Literally, it, it hurts. It's so painful. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think like the Christian walk is is lidocaine. <laughs> we cannot suppress our true emotions. We cannot suppress all the things that we're walking through that might take physical exertion, like what I'm doing right now. But at the exact same time, if it's not safe and it's not good, then it's not of God. Okay? Okay? Now, God is a God of wrath. He's got judgment. He loves you but he likes to discipline you. And he does that in the most loving, caretaking way ever, just as I do for my kiddos. If you're trying to avoid that, good luck. <laughs> good luck trying to avoid that. Let me know how that goes for you. Let me know how that goes. All right, so what we're talking about is, oopsies, from Moses to Joshua, the baton that was passed, the things in which he did in order to be an effective leader, okay? First was he received the baton. You gotta receive the baton because you can drop it easily, right? Talking about that four by four, the eight by four, whatever that race is you're running. Then you have to hear from God. Then you have to be okay to do some of the things in which are a part of your calling in secret. You gotta rely on the Lord fully. Rely on the Lord fully. Don't entrust all those things to people who cannot hold the vision and the mission. They will cast doubt, 
They will cast fear. They will cast confusion. No, 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 no. Stay attuned to the Lord. And then it says to ready yourselves. He tells all of the Israelites to ready yourselves. They don't even know fully what they're readying themselves for. I love that part. He's like, purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. Now he's, gonna, he's talking about how they're getting ready to go across the Jordan. They all do know this, but they don't know the entirety of it. They don't know. Joshua speaks to, to him. I'm mean, sorry. God speaks to Joshua directly. He doesn't go out talking about me. He goes out talking about them, helping them, casting safety and goodness, and talking about how God's going before them to do all this work. Not because of him, because it's God. He's way greater than Joshua. The next thing is that leaders will appoint leaders. Leaders will appoint leaders. They will go before you even, right? Some of those leaders might be seen before you. Uh-oh. How are you going to handle that? Is your ego going to get hurt? Are the people that you're saying, hey, you got this, run with it. Hey, I trust you with this vision. This could be your team. This could be other brothers and sisters. You have to have representatives that are representing God above all things. And he did this with the Ark of the Covenant. He chose one from every tribe. And each of those 12 men, they carried the Ark of the Lord. They had one of the biggest honors. Right? This is a moment where you put other people on your stage. This is a moment where you bring other people onto your podcast. You know, sometimes I think people are afraid to put people who are bigger than them or, or even people who are not bigger than them. It doesn't even matter. They're afraid to put other people on their podcast like they're going to steal their show. You know how much work goes into a show? Oh my goodness. It's not just that moment of fame where you're live or the show drops. It's so much more than that, right? Try to do it. Try, right? I encourage people. That's what we do. Like, let's put our podcast out in the world, but know that it's not just about the microphone moment. It's all the things behind. That's what Joshua's learning here. There's so much behind this mission. So these 12 men are going to potentially receive the glory from the Israelites. Those tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are about to walk past them as the Jordan River is flowing, right? This river that they have now stopped full dead in its tracks, just like the Red Sea parted, the Jordan River stopped. And they could have been like, what's up, bro? This is crazy. Good job. Nice work. Right? They could get all the affirmation. Is Joshua concerned about that? Nope. He didn't say, let me take the seat at the head of the table. Let me hold the, the ark on my, by myself. One, because he knows it's not possible. And two, that was not his position. God told him and gave him this plan. If he tried to place himself in said plan for one victory moment, one victory dance, one big high five, one big photo on stage. No, come on. He's going to ruin the whole thing. Are you ruining it? Come on. I'm raising my hand. I'm self analyzing in this moment. This was just a deposit from this morning. How do leaders lead? Well, they don't need the affirmation. They don't need the high five because it's not about them. It's about the victory dance that the Lord's going to get, the praise he's going to get. 
so that we get to be agents and co-heirs with Christ to bring his plan, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not me. Remember, snapshot, eternity versus Tamra. No, no. So he lets these 12 other people take that moment and stand in that river and let everybody else give them the kudos and the praise and they're probably amazed. Like what? But they're also carrying the Ark of the Covenant. I don't imagine that's light. They're also in death's way, standing in the middle of a river that could potentially knock them over off their feet and down the Jordan. There's a little bit of friction, if you ask me, for the leader to be sent out by the leader, right? Equip those people, give them vision, help them understand. This is what you're going to do. You're going to have to stand there a really long time, but I chose you. I see you. God laid your name on my heart. I want you on this stage. I've seen the work you've been doing behind the scenes. I've seen the secret time that you've been investing that nobody else has been seeing you. I see it. I need you in this moment. Can you stand firm? Can you glorify God in the process and not yourself? Can you help? Will you be a helper today? Helping is not always easy. Leading is not always easy. So the leaders appoint leaders. They went before, they represented others, right? Another part of that, that river flow was that it was done in the right season. Let's talk about the season of your calling, the season of your plan, the game plan, the vision, the business plan that God gives you. Can I tell you what most would do? They would be like, go analyze the Jordan, right? Okay, God, you want me to take all of these people across that huge river to the promised land on the other side? Okay, let me figure this out in my natural sense. Let me figure this out in my natural self. I will just wait till the river isn't flowing. We'll do it in a dry spell. We'll do it when it hasn't rained in a while. Hmm, we'll do it when like, it's just a trickle rather than an entire surge. Like whitewater rafting versus like, dude, still got a little stream. That's when we'll do it. That will make it safe. Nope. Nope, because if they did that, they would not enter the land of the milk and honey in the time of harvest. This is critical because what's happening when they go to state claim on this territory and all of these people end up dying because the Lord is before them in this effort to clear the cities. They said, clear, no one, no men, no women, no children, no, you guys are taking over it. What if they did all of this energy? They've also been in the wilderness. So they might be strong, but they, they might be exhausted mentally, emotionally, relationally. There could be a lot of friction going on. And so to come in to a season of harvest after a decades, decades of waiting, it was the right time. <laughs> the Lord had prepared that. Do you think after all the moaning and groaning they did in the wilderness about not having the quail and not having the manna and not having all enough of the things that they wanted in comfort back in Egypt, even though they were enslaved, if they had gone to the promised land that they'd be praising God or they'd be like whining more, they'd be whining. God knows this. 
He prepared the land of the milk and honey for you too. What if your victory dance was in a dry season? You probably wouldn't be praising. You probably would have doubt that you even made it to where God wanted you to go. Now, that doesn't mean you don't praise in the valley because the Lord knows I've been praising in the valley for a long time in certain parts of my life. And I'm believing that there's going to be a victory dance and the well springs are going to be alive and the harvest is going to happen. And I see it. I see trickles of it here and there. But the season mattered despite the circumstances. The season, that huge river running would have never shown God's full glory by those 12 men who stood there with dry feet. It was completely dry. The river was completely dry. That would have never happened. It said, today I will begin to make you a great leader, talking to Joshua. But then he says, today to the Israelites, you will know that the living God is among you. He will drive out all of your enemies. This is not something that they could give Joshua. Those 12 men who are carrying the ark, nobody else could get the glory from that story. God wants to show off for you, friends, and he wants to show off to everyone connected to you. Not for your sake, not for your name, for his name. For his name. Are you willing to do it? The last thing that leaders do that I just noticed, just in Joshua 1 through 3, okay? I'm sure there's a thousand other things leaders do, but right now, is it was instruction by instruction. This is really important. Because we can absolutely (laughs) take the reins, make up our own idea of what's next, right? Again, done this in my business, in my family, in my relationships, name, in my finances, anything. Name it. I've done it, okay? Connected to this. God has told me something. I hold tight to that truth, that promise, that vision, that dream. I start to go towards it. And I'm good on day one, and I'm good on day two, and I'm good on year one, and I'm good on year two. And then this practice of waiting that I mentioned that we're all not so great at, the long suffering starts to come in, the patience, the fruit, those are fruits, by the way. Those are fruits, good sustenance fruits that we're gonna need to endure, to actually be strong and courageous. You have to have patience. You have to be able to endure long suffering. There's goodness in that character development. But what I do in the midst of that is I see what somebody else is doing and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Oh, that's working for them. Oh man, this river, yeah, I'm not gonna pass that today. That's not gonna work for me. In the natural, we fix, we try to build. This is exactly what the Israelites did when they couldn't hear or see God. When Moses was right up on Mount Sinai experiencing God, They're like, let's just build this little calf. This'll do. Come on. Come on. You are releasing the plan and the will of God when you try to self-generate your plan. It's not going to work. So instruction by instruction, Joshua went when he did this. Though he knew the end goal, though he knew that the plan was to receive the land of the milk and honey, to be in this place, the chosen people to be here, He didn't know every single thing. Literally, each time he did one thing, God then spoke to him the very next thing. 
Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Then, after that, the Lord told him to go and make an altar. Make an altar of remembrance. This is something we as leaders don't do well. Right? We don't do instruction little by little because we want the whole thing. We just want to run after it. This is why time in the word. This is why patience. This is why prayer and discernment. This is why mentorship. This is why equipping yourself with other leaders around you. All of these things matter and all of these things take time. They all take time. But we don't celebrate well. We don't. I, I see it all the time. We hit a milestone. We make a post. We might go on a quick little mini vacation or a little dinner out. And then on to the next. Now, does that mean that that's wrong? And there's not a lot more to accomplish and the Lord wants more out of that calling, out of us and we're, we're still breathing so we're still here on purpose and we got more to do and more people to lead it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that, all that, sure, sure. But are you building an altar on what God promised you that has now come to fruition? I didn't do this so well. And I could think back on my life and be like, man, that was an altar moment. Man, that was an altar moment. Oh, that was such an altar moment. Right, I think about it, my marriage, I think about my parenting journey. I think about it in my becoming story, individually without nobody else. Right? Like just me and the Lord, that was an altar moment when I had that revelation. It was an altar moment when I had that surgery. It was an altar moment when I signed my name on the dotted line. Those are altar moments. How do you fixate on those so that when you look to your history and then you go into your future, you have what I always talk about, that forethought is 2020 rather than just hindsight being 2020. I've got forethought because I know the Lord is good, because he showed up here, because he told me this, because I had this moment. That's an altar. You have to build those in your life and know that you know that you know that nobody's knocking it down. It says that the altar that they build in the river, they had to build one in the town in which they all settled right after they passed the Jordan. And then they also built one in the river. These stones still stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. Again, no name to Joshua. It did not say when Joshua led them across the Jordan. It did not say when Joshua had that bright idea. It did not say when Joshua built that business or that brand. So the men did as Joshua had commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. So Joshua was a really good lesson taker and activator. Another leadership quality. You receive the lesson plan, right? Let's say there are teachers in the room and then they did that and had nothing to do with him. Everything to do with his activation, everything to do with his leadership skills, but it was all about God. They're there to this day, it says, the priests who were carrying the ark stood in the middle of the river until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua 
were carried out. Remember, he was a good listener. And they didn't stake that claim on Moses either. It was all the glory went to God. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful so you might fear the Lord your God forever. (laughs) That's why he put the stones there. Again, not about himself. I pray that this message lands firmly in your soul, in your spirit today. That you remember being a leader isn't about you. It's about the God who made you and created you for such a time as this. That we have to be strong and courageous. That we have to help others see our vision and support them in the process and poke holes at their limiting beliefs and the lies that have been told to them in the, future, in the past that will prevent them from taking territory in their future. That we have to let the Lord lead and guide us that it's not by our plan we build things, but by God's plan that we build the ark and which is meant to save humanity. That we build the temple which is meant to have a dwelling place for the Lord in layman's terms, that we build the, the church or the building or the orphanage or the nonprofit or the business, that we build those things to be a house for the dwelling of God, that we don't put our name on those things, that it's God's story we're telling and making, that leaders appoint other leaders, that they're not in this for themselves, they're not in this to carry it by themselves, You will not be able to sustain it. I don't care how strong or how courageous you are. Every leader in the Bible had running mates. God created the body of Christ for a reason. You can't do it all. You can't be it all. And don't forget, it has to be in the right season. The season that God calls you into, even when the circumstance doesn't look right. Make sure you build an altar. Honor him. Celebrate him. Let it be about him and for him and by him and through him that you are showing up on a peloton today. It's not me. It's my body maybe in the physical, but even my body here. God did this. Make sure you follow instruction by instruction. Don't think that every single detail is going to be given to you until you can get to the next destination. Then he'll reveal more. This is why faith in action is what the Lord is looking for from his church right now. He doesn't need us in four walls, just like hallelujah, holy, holy, holy. Yes, he loves that. Faith in action is the church mobilized. That's what Founder Con is all about. That's what the Founder Collective is all about. That's what being fit in faith, fit, fitness. (laughs) Think about that. That's where that all derived from. And now it's associated to the founder, the innovator, and the trailblazer. The only reason that has established, because I was watching entrepreneurs drop like flies. I was watching small businesses dwindle. I was watching people lose that strength and that courage. They were losing the fight. Guess why? They were not following Joshua's ideas that were directly downloaded from the Lord. They were not being effective leaders because they thought they could do it alone. It's not possible. It's not possible no one's gotten anywhere alone, except for alone. (laughs) They've isolated themselves into that place of desperation 
and depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation. I don't think in history of histories, and I might be wrong, that there's been a group think suicide. Let's pray this. <laughs> no, that will not be allowed in Jesus' name. But have you ever seen that happen? I don't think so. Why? Because they would talk each other out of it. You go first. No, you go first. No, I can't. We shouldn't. You shouldn't. What about your kids? You shouldn't. Well, you're so anointed. No, I don't think our human nature would allow us to do such a thing. Stop trying to do it all alone. Stop trying to do it in your own ideation. Let the Lord get the glory. Let the Lord get the glory. Oh man, he wants to use you big, my friend. He does, he does, and he will. His plans are so much bigger than ours. His ways are so much bigger than ours. And as he told Joshua, he said, I'm gonna make you a leader today, Joshua. Joshua never told one person that. He held that in his heart. He held that in his heart and he went to his people. He went to the people in which he was leading, the ones in which God entrusted him. And he told them about God. He told them about what God was going to do for them. God wants to do this for you, friends. He wants to put you in the place of leadership. Are you willing to do what it takes today in the season that might not make sense to anybody else? He'll sustain you. He's the only one who can. Trust him, lean into him. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are the whisper, you are the wind, you are the waves, you are the roar, you're the lion and the lamb, God. We thank you that you're our protector. I thank you that you go before us into every hard, impossible situation and you make a clear, dry path, God. That in the process, Lord, you send us teams, and people, and pastors, and encouragers. God, you send people because people are your praise. You made us, Lord. You created us all right now for such a time as this. It's not coincidence that these are the people in which are being led and called and summoned into your greatness, God. We thank you that we get to be the generation to cross into the land of the milk and the honey. We thank you that we get to bring our children to this place. God, we see it, I see it, I feel it, I feel you, Lord. Mm, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for equipping us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for being in the process of character development. Thank you for the fruit that keeps us alive and nurtured. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the peace that transcends all understanding, even when the plan of the circumstance doesn't make sense or the season. God, thank you that you're the God of all seasons and your goodness endures in all of them, no matter what. God, I pray that this message just seals this listener's heart. My brother, my sister, as a body, as a member of this body, that they are not alone that no circumstance they find themselves in today, no dark hole, no sense of silence, no bondage, no slavery, no lie, no title, no nothing can keep them from your great love. Oh man, Lord, I just pray that resurrection power over their life right now. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, what a day. 
Y'all, we're jumping into Clubhouse next. Tuesday morning testimonies. I would love to hear from you guys. Hear your own leadership stories. Hear your own things that are going on. And of course, not about your name, but his. So what's the Lord doing in your life? You can drop a comment below. You can subscribe to the podcast, of course, or YouTube channel to hear all the Pelotons and Preaches live. I have one rule. You cannot listen if you're not also moving because my huffing and puffing gets a little obnoxious, even for me. I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful. I'll be back on Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern. And I appreciate the intimacy of this space and um, the honesty of you guys in the chat it means the world. And I do read them. They disappear after I go on live. So I end up um, I end up looking at them before I go, but have a lot of practice in the waiting. Think of the batons that hope gave us. Ah, uh, come on. Oh yeah, that was so good. That's right. Hope passed out batons. That was so good. Sounds like what you do for others on the retreats. Yeah, sis, that's true. Catch the rest later. Have to go into work. All right, y'all have an amazing, amazing day. Ah, uh, man, learn from Moses, learn from Joshua and, uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited to see where he's leading you. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce. And leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com.